Welcome to Healthy Choices, a daily commentary with your host, Ray Solano, about your health care. Are vaccines going to save us? Hi, I'm Ray Solano, pharmacist, nutritionist, and owner of PD Labs and host of Healthy Choices XM radio and podcast. The coronavirus family has been causing humans tremendous injury for years. Rare forms such as SARS, MERS, and yes, the common cold are in the same group of viruses. All are related and very difficult to create vaccines. Fortunately, vaccines are not our only weapon against viruses. Louis Pasteur confessed that germs may lead to the illness primarily when the person's immune and defense system is not strong enough to combat them. Our body's immune systems are still our best defense against these invaders today. While we're investigating solutions such as old drugs like chloroquine used for malaria and new antivirals from Gilead Sciences, take the following steps today for prevention. Number one, rest. Maybe postpone the late night parties and drinking games and stay home. Number two, proper hygiene by limiting touching your mouth and wash your hands with soap and water while singing happy birthday. Taking daily supplements that support healthy immunity. My favorite is patented activated glutathione applied topically and paired with vitamin D3 orally along with vitamin C. Start your day with two or more sprays of our immune spray. This polypeptide spray from colostrum is effective in modulating that dreaded cytokine storm. Don't panic. Call PD Labs today at 888-909-0110 and check out our online store at pdlabsrx.com for our featured immune kits. Sorry we can't help you regain your stock market losses, but we can give you free tips to survive the loss of your health. Remember, you have a choice in healthcare. Welcome to Healthy Choices with your host, Ray Solano from Austin, Texas. Hi, I'm Ray Solano, pharmacist, nutritionist, and owner of PD Labs and host of Healthy Choices XM radio and broadcast. Welcome to another edition of Healthy Choices XM. We have two exciting guests uh, joining us today to talk about some very, very timely topics in the news, especially the the COVID-19 virus, but also some common sense approaches to how to... How do we look at it? How do we protect ourselves? But before we begin, I'd like to make a little bit of a commentary that we've seen recently on our published on our XM commercials this week. We got tremendous amount of feedback. Feedback. I wanted to share that with you. It's you know this week is you know something unique. Everyone was told to stay home. It's being it's like being told by your parents that you've been grounded and forced to change your daily routine. What is happening? We're we're going back to being human. If I can quote a famous poem, it's, it starts out like this: "Let's get back to being human." As we lost it some way back, we devolved to war and warriors. Let's regain the human track. You now families are taking walks together in the afternoon. Television news hosts are broadcasting from their homes with their children assisting with their makeup and popping in every once in a while to wave. People are home to answer their phones and chat a little bit about things, something very unusual. Maybe it takes a major epidemic to really wake up and have us pay attention and hope things are going to work out. There may be some very interesting ray of sunshine that is coming from new data about some old drugs, chloroquine, 
and hydroxychloroquine that was discovered early on in the 40s by Bayer Labs and Sanofi for malaria. It was showing promise against COVID-19 by disrupting the cellular structure. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. I'd like to introduce our, our two hosts today. I got We have Dr. Anthony Capasso, Director of Thin MD Spas out of Jacksonville. Anthony, welcome to the show today. Hey, Ray. Thanks for having me on. And we also have James Laval, noted guest of our show, the most celebrated educated pharmacist, clinical pharmacist uh, that educates most practitioners. Almost, uh, it seems like every every weekend. Jim, thanks for for joining us today. I know that you've uh, your name is is always uh, synonymous with uh, with this group uh, that is we've always broadcasting together and and we're also going to be having a a broadcast a seminar and summit this weekend here in out of Austin with our pharmacy PD labs and you're going to have some well may I have some announcements for that seminar coming up as well Jim welcome to our show today All right always great to be on man it's good stuff so I, I set it up with a little bit of a human approach to this because panic is worse than anything, is worse than a virus. And it's crippling an economy. It's, a clipper, it, it's actually crippling our entire world that we know it. And it's almost worse than the virus. And I think it's because we really have to have some foundational understandings of what is what is happening and why is this is so bad so people can have the most important thing they can have hope that there's a solution and hope that they can control the unknown so so we have to our guest today if we can give a, a discussion back and forth as an interview as to possibly what is happening and it may be a better understanding of how we can control it because we all know that prevention is always our best medicine, but unfortunately, that's the last thing we're looking for. Today, all the commentary is waiting for a vaccine, and we all know that's not going to be the answer, and it's not going to be coming soon. So, uh, Dr. Capazzo, maybe you can start it off for us and give us your perspective on, on give people a little bit of sense of where, the, where this is coming from, and also some hope. And, and Jim, jump in at, at, at any time as well. Sure, Ray. Um, you know, I, I think that this is, um, this is something that we all need to be very well aware of what's going on. Um, you know, if you look, in, look back in history, um, the Spanish flu back in 1918, and um, there were two cities. There was Philadelphia and St. Louis. And Philadelphia decided not to have social distancing, and they had big parades. And when they looked at the amount of deaths per 100,000, it was significant compared to um, what was occurring in St. Louis. So, you know, we know that this works, the strategy works, and I think that most importantly, that's where we have to be right now because this is a new virus. There's no immunity to it. And when you look at the um, genetic makeup of it, what we know so far, it is a nasty virus. It has um, components of HIV um, in regards to where it attacks. 
um, the CD4 and really put your immune system in a bad place. And I think that, you know, the data that we have in regards to, um, you know, who's at risk, um, we know that the elderly is at risk, especially if you're over the age of 65 and that mortality rate could be as high as, you know, 20 to 40, 50% in that category. Um, if you've got any long-term um, health problems, chronic illnesses like heart disease, diabetes, lung disease, liver disease, kidney disease, again, you're going to be at most risk for, for catching this. So I think understanding um, a little bit about it is, is the most important thing. Make sure you're doing the necessary things to, um, to put yourself not at high risk. And we know that the physicians like myself and, and the nursing care and, and all the people that take care of patients are at highest risk. And what we're seeing now is um, because we don't want to lose the, lose the physicians in the hospitals is telemedicine becoming very, very important, you know, for, for this, um, for this disease. But there are, there are a lot of things that we can do to help um, protect and prevent. Um, and I think it starts with number one, social distancing, because you don't want to um, expose yourself um, and, you know, if you don't need to. You know, that's, that's a good, that's a start. And we, we do, we do realize that it works when you really have no choice and you really have no solutions, but it seems like today and Jim, you've seen this for many years, so many different types of integrative medicine solutions that are much different than just one pull a pull a vaccine off the shelf or pull a prescription product off the shelf as a solution. And unfortunately today, we you seem to have uh, almost a blind eye to all the solutions that are out there because that's the only way to turn this thing around. And even it's beyond me that IV vitamin C, which has which been very effective in Japan, also Korea and also in China, we don't see this be on the front lines. Maybe you can explain why there's such a reluctance to use all the therapies that we have out there as opposed to just waiting for a vaccine. Well, you know, I think there's a couple things I want to comment on first is one, the other, the other piece you got to worry about is the population of people who are kind of walking on well. So people that are like in that mold biotoxin world that, you know, a lot of us deal with every day, their immune systems are already kind of, you know, going haywire um, because of their genetic predispositions and exposures. And so, I mean, I think there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, that are at risk. And the, and the other side of it is, is that there's just, I, you know, there's a lot of, I think a lot of great solutions that at least help you um, fight the good fight. So for example, IV vitamin C is being used as part of that protocol. It makes sense. It's very oxidative, has a great antiviral, um, you know, supportive kill. But I think, you know, and, and, you know, you can't blame the, you know, our public health sector and what our, the CDC is doing is saying, look, we're trying for the, the first step is, is what drugs will work? Because we got to put this forest fire out. And, you know, I can't comment on, you know, the reluctance. I mean, I, you know, we've had, you know, well, there's, there's been reluctance to admit that you need to take magnesium. You know? So I mean, I think it's really a difficult call from that perspective, but I think, you know, what I really, my, first of all, the big hope is, is that people, and I think, um, 
what's really important is people start to take their health more seriously. Um, I think it's great that people, you know, when I went to the store the other day, everybody was six feet apart. I just took, instead of taking a yardstick, I just took one of my measuring tapes and made sure that everybody was six feet apart in line because I was kind of getting, you know, making sure I was good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, I was wearing my N95 mask and, and putting on my essential oils. But uh, And you had your you know, gloves on too, right? I, you had your gloves, true. Exactly. Well, I, I had an ozone bubble. But, uh, you know, the, it's, it's very difficult, I think, for people – um, who's never is you know all of us know in general why people see, see typically search out you know like at least our services at our facility is because everything else exhausted working what everything else exhausted working for the most of the time has just been conventional therapies and so where it gets powerful is when you can apply both sides of the the treatment world which is what are the things that will be supportive for the immune system in this situation like I would probably stay away from things like, even though it's not proven, things like echinacea actually upregulate interleukin-6 and TNF-alpha, which, which would be actually supporting the way that the COVID-19 virus is working. And maybe you should be looking more towards things like, you know, andrographis with T-killer cell, direct T-killer cell activity, and maybe things that are immunomodulating, um, like plant sterols and sterolins. And then looking at things like, you know, IV vitamin C, because it is being used in the international circles as part of their treatment modality as, as an option, in addition to, you know, retroviral drugs, in addition to, uh, and, and, I'm, and, and, you know, when you look at chloroquine, I have to correct you guys, the very first experiment on chloroquine or, uh, was actually Samuel Hahnemann, 1756, using cinchona bark, which was the treatment for malaria at the time and using cinchona bark and then using uh, the homeopathic dilutions to create uh, cinchona officinalis, which is the homeopathic that I, that I stated, hey, if you're going to go in the homeopathic realm to throw a value remedy from that into the hat, well, China bark is, the, is where chloroquine came from. That's where they extracted it from. So, you know, we, we've had a lot of knowledge base that's been built up over lots of years uh, to try and help us. But I, but I do think, you know, we struggle with implementation. And, of course, you guys know, I mean, that's why I built the Metabolic Code platform was to develop a, a, a platform that in telehealth would include all of the preventative and complement strategies in addition to what a doctor normally does. Because in reality, in, uh, in, in, in the new world we have, you guys have seen it. And, you know, Dr. Kapasa, Ray, how many people are calling you and literally buying every immune supplement that you have? Now everybody wants vitamin A. Now everybody wants vitamin D. Now everybody wants vitamin C. Every, every manufacturer I've talked to is buying, you know, they're telling me they can't even keep any product on the shelf. And then even the pricing of the stuff has gone through the roof. If you looked at Virusid, from orthomolecular, if you go out on the internet, people are selling that stuff for 120 bucks a bottle. So yeah, I'm just hopeful that we we get past that piece and start to incorporate truly incorporate lifestyle, understanding family time, off work time, incorporating fitness time, you know, to to really create a stronger defense against future issues. And by the way, guys, 323 people die due to the flu every day. Right. In our country, right. you know the only, and we're not, now, we're not teaching people anything about that. 
No. Hey, Jim, what are your what are your thoughts about carnosine? I know that it's shown to um, have antiviral activity against uh, dengue and Zika virus, and I've also seen and I read a study actually that it um, helps to um, um, ameliorate the H9N2 swine flu in virus induced acute lung injury. Um, so, you I know, love it's that. That, I think it, and, with, with another great option for people to be thinking about. Right, and I, yeah, I don't hear anything about it. I mean, I've you know I've no. pulled up several different um, you know articles on it, and and for you know for us carnivores that do like to eat meat, um, you know that's a great place of getting carnosine. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think it's you know I, I think you know you look at on the peptide front, you look at you know thymosin alpha one and. And uh, thymus and beta four, and um, those could have some value too. But you know, once again, we're all going on our clinical expertise when we're making these recommendations. I'd say, other than the vitamin C, which is actually part of the clinical application and treatment in uh, a couple of the Asian countries, as you had mentioned, uh, Ray. So I think vitamin C, I think, gets elevated as part of a protocol that we should be trying here. But you know, that it's. You know, I, I think it's a, it, it's uh, not happening yet, but I think it will. Yeah, and, I, and, and it's I, interesting. I spoke. Go ahead, Ray. I just wanted to make a comment. You talked about you know it's important to understand the complementary strategies of the combination of therapies, and that's what you do at your clinic uh, in in California is is the integration of all these t together. I just real quickly, Jim, do you see people finally? getting it you know like you said everything is gone you can't even you know you can't even find zinc anywhere it's completely sold out everywhere it might as well be as valuable as gold with vitamin c it's just everything is just up seems upside down but do you feel and both of you i'll open the question do you feel people realize that oh it's really important for us to to uh, take control of our health or actually pay attention for what you both are, are when you're talking and giving them strategies and solutions. De uh, definitely much. Uh, um, ahead, I see that much more now than I've ever had. Okay. So you, you've seen people finally getting it. Jim, have you, do you think people are paying attention more now? I mean, I think it's been a process that's been going on. I mean, just look at it, man. I mean, just think of how many Lululemon pants are being sold. People were getting it. You know, you know, I say that facetiously, but I mean, seriously, when you look at all the lifestyle patterns that are going on, people are trying. I think we don't have enough um, continuity and reinforcement of lifestyle. And people get yeah. confused because they go on, you know, they go on to a pundit who's on the Internet who, you know, may have had something work for them. So they assume it works for everyone. And then they, you know, they get the right voice and it starts to create trends. I mean, my gosh, we should all just be drinking celery juice and everything would be better based on last summer, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's right. crazy. So I think that we have a long way to go in terms of creating lifestyles that are really promoting health. I think that people grabbing, I, I'm glad they're going to stores and buying vitamins and nutrients because I think that tells me that their awareness is there, that that may provide value. And I, and, and I do think people are thinking, you know, much more strategically about it. Um, but, I, but I think we still have to, to get into some good 
uh, solid recommendations that can be applied in a, a much more broad scope and in order to arm people uh, with these issues. Because I, I like, like we were talking before the show started, uh, Ray, you know, I think we're under this misconception that, oh, if you're under the age of 60 and you're in relatively good health, you don't have to really worry about it. You'll recover. And both of you have stories of people that that isn't the way it turned out and they didn't have pre-existing conditions and, you know, people still get into trouble. So you, you always got to work towards, you know, your best health. That that's It's always been my priority of teaching that to people. And I know Anthony's yeah. the same way. I mean, he's, you know, yeah. and, a and master I think that, trying that, to get, it, get his patients to turn their lives around. And that's what and, you got to you know, do. It's, you gotta, you know, because you know what? It may not be a virus that takes you out, but there's this thing called metabolic reserves. So whether you get in an accident or you get stressed out um, or you get exposed to something else, um, the stronger your body the better you've taken care of it, the better your chance of recovery, right? That's metabolic reserve. Yeah, agree. Agree. And I think the two things, you know, for, for a lot of people that are listening um, that they, that everyone needs to work on is, number one, make sure that you're getting, a, you know, good night's sleep. I mean, rest is one of the, the oh. best ways of, of, you know, just keeping your immune system, you know, in its best place because when you don't sleep, your immune system will go down and you're going to be much more, um, uh, you know, easier to get infections. And then the second thing is, and you just mentioned it, is, is managing stress, right? Um, and yep. everyone's stressed yep. now. I mean, you, you go to the store and nothing's on the shelves. You know, people are fighting over toilet paper, which I still don't understand. Um, and so, so, you know, really managing that stress because what we know is that, you know, and, and Jim, you, you've ingrained this, you know, in, in me is that high cortisol levels, how it affects your immune system. Um, and it just shuts yep. it down. And so if you're stressed all the time, you're gonna, your immune system's gonna drop. So the lack of sleep, a lot of stress, you're, you're putting yourself at risk. So, you know, I would suggest those are the first two things I would work on. And, um, and yep. then making sure that your diet is full of colorful vegetables, because that's where those antioxidants come from. Hydrating, making sure that you're well hydrated. Um, you know, just kind of the simple things to balance. Um, and a little bit of yeah. exercise every day. And let me just go back to what you were saying about the age groups. Uh, the reason we're not our, our show may be a little bit casual about this uh, this topic of of prevention and coming across with some very simple solutions because prevention is really the only th mechanism we have because it, once you do get it, unfortunately, it travels so fast and sometimes you don't have chance to get the proper medical help. But one of the misconceptions that is occurring in uh, as far as the age group, uh, Governor Cuomo said that half of the state's cases in New York are under the 50-year-old mark. So we're, we're yep. seeing this, something is shifting as far as the ages. So if, if this is happening in New York, we're seeing some cases here in central Texas of people younger. There's one child that was admitted uh, just yesterday that was under five years old. So I, we, we don't know if this is morphing or changing, but it's really pay attention. There, this be prevention tasks are voluntary right now, but they really should be mandatory for everybody to talk with their professionals. Well, all of us are here volunteering our, our, our time and effort to be able to get some answers or some strategies because almost anything is better than doing nothing and sitting at home 
watching TV with the six pack and a, in a quart of ice cream. And unfortunately I'm thinking that's what's going on. Any comments on that? Yeah. Um, a lot of liquor got sold and I see a lot of yep. fresh produce still on the shelf. And, uh, I, you know, people are worried about making sure they got enough beer and that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, look, once again, you, you've, you've got this dividing line of, of, I think of people that are taking it seriously and realizing they've got to make change. And then, you know, folks that, you know, Hey, if I'm going to sit at home, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, you know, just kind of, you know, party. Um, I like the, like the kid that was on national TV that was down at Clearwater beach, Florida. And he was like, Hey, it's spring break. If I get coronavirus, I get coronavirus, but I'm here to party. You know, it's, that's the <laughs> stuff that has to change. Right. You know, I mean, I was just, I was looking at that interview just going, Oh my gosh, we've really well, started to create such a culture of, um, Hey, it just, whatever feels good, do it. Don't worry about it. I mean, vaping. I mean, you know, the, the, the whole thing of, you know, people getting this misconception that vaping was not a bad thing, right? I mean, um, you know, you know, and they're showing that, you know, some of the younger population that were vapors and then get coronavirus get sicker. So, I mean, I, I mean, there's incidences of that. I know there's no data that's come out for sure, but I know it's been reported. And, it, and I just, I, you know, I think that, you know, in general, I think Anthony's point about sleep. I mean, we knew that, you know, if you only sleep five hours a night, you're nine times more likely to get a flu bug. So if your immune system is that complicated, that, that compromised, almost a tenfold increased risk of acquiring a virus, get that sleep. You know, if you got to do a little bit of deep breathing a couple times a day, you know, do box breath, right? Four seconds in, hold four seconds, four seconds out, hold four seconds. Do that three or four minutes twice a day and visualize you know, the stress leaving you while you're doing it. You know, these, are, these seem to be very simple suggestions, but they're also very powerful suggestions. And, uh, you know, in, in, and then, the, you know, the other aspects of it, of getting some movement in, moderate exercise improves your immunity. So taking a, you know, a nice walk um, with your family since you're all there together anyway. Uh, it's really important. I know for us, we're taking it very seriously. My father's 89. He lives with us. Um, we're, we're being very careful about, you know, when we go to the store, and, you know, just the main essential need to go get something and then just stay hunkered down, you know. Play board games. Stimulate your mind. Read, right? I mean, there's all, all kinds of great ways to do it, but you've you got to take it serious. And taking it serious isn't, hey, do I have enough? You know, um, gee, did I get enough alcohol? Or hey, I'm going to make sure I, I, I've got enough treats because when you look uh, on the store shelves, it's interesting the the selections that are getting made. That's for sure. So there's there's some survival tips that we're looking at. Uh, there's a tremendous treasure trove of information on our website, uh, pdlabsrx.com, of all the podcasts and also shows that we had with uh, with Jim and. Also with, with uh, Dr. Capazzo. So there's a, a, a number of information that, that are out there. Jim, your, your website, jimlaval.com. You also have some tips on your website and also oh, yeah. just and, uh, and, and your, uh, and what your 20 books. Yeah. Yeah, there is. And I, and I actually put out a, a little, uh, you know, COVID-19 here, here's what you can do for prevention. Here's what you can do for, 
I mean, everybody's heard. I mean, at, at this point, we all know we need to do social distancing. We all know we need to wash our hands. It's best if, you know, if you are moving around, you know, make sure things are, are washed down, either with a dilution of, you know, bleach and water uh, on countertops or however you want to do that. Um, you know, wearing a mask, especially if you've got high-risk family members, even when you're going out and you think you're going to be socially distanced correctly. I mean, I was, I was kidding, but kind of not making sure when I was in the store that I was far enough away because I was going home and I do have right. an elderly right. person in my home. And, you know, we all know those things. And then you start thinking about, well, what can I do preventatively? You know, if you go into the, in, into the treasure trove, I mean, uh, I, I, one of the things I look for is, well, what's working on flu? Anthony just had a great insight on carnosine, man. I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, and, you yeah. know, and nobody is talking about that. That's a, no. And what was the dose on that, Anthony? What were the doses in the clinical trials? Were they a couple grams a day? Or what was the... The dosing you of know, carnosine that you're that I, you're thinking about. Um, you know, I don't recall the exact doses, but yeah, I mean, I, I would push it um, a, a few grams a day for sure, just to make sure that it's there. And you know, what's interesting is um, zinc carnosine. You know, just a combination of yes, the zinc with sure. the carnosine that we use to treat gastritis and H. pylori and um, and those things that I use all the time in my office. It was like when I saw that, I'm like, that's like the perfect combination you know, for this, yeah. um, which, which yeah. is pretty neat. You know, the, the other thing is, you know, you mentioned diet a little bit and, um, I, I think, you know, we should talk about, you know, the, 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 you know, how sugars may, you know, again, affect your immune system and how we know that ketogenic diets can actually help improve, um, the responses against some of these, you know, viruses. And I've seen studies how it helped improve, um, the, you know, the flu virus. So I think really, you know, whether it's intermittent fasting and you get a little, little, uh, or time restricted feeding, keeping your carbs low, I think is also a really good strategy, um, to employ, you know, getting rid of the, the sugary drinks at home. Um, you know, and, and again, focusing on your health, focusing on your family time, you know, the stuff that we'd never have time for, um, now's, now's, you know, the ideal opportunity for us to make those changes. You know, I had a pharmacist that, uh, a relief pharmacist that uh, came in helping out at a school, been, uh, spend a lot of time, a lot of, st still owes a lot of money in education, came off of uh, a bad cold, came to work and had this nice big bottle of Coca-Cola. He said it was trying to stay hydrated. And I just, I, I was speechless. I'm going, you know, uh, where do you start? You know, here we are, we have health professionals. We, you and I both know we, we go into these offices and they got this big diet Coke up, up there. And unfortunately the poor person may be, you know, 50 to hundred pounds overweight, but you know, everybody seems to have that, that, that crutch that's, that's there. And unfortunately I think there's this misunderstanding that sugar and these di and even diet drinks help increase propagation of virus replication. So, uh, you know, do anybody have any tips how we make people a little bit of afraid of sugar and uh, how it relates to, sh to viruses? Well, I mean, I mean, they've shown, I mean, there's been so many studies that show that when you consume uh, sugar, that your, your immune function can drop and global immune processing can drop as much as 40% for up to six hours post-sugar inge ingestion. So, 
you know, in, in, in the end, you just have to remember that when you eat sugar and if your blood sugar goes up, the most inflammatory process in your body that, that uh, you can do is a post-meal or post-feeding sugar spike. And why that's important is when your body is letting out inflammatory cytokines or inflammatory chemicals, it's when it's, it's weak in state to defend against an attack from a vector like a virus. And so, you know, um, and that's been shown over and over again. It's why the most, the, the, the single most uh, important event that causes plaquing in your arteries, which is an inflammatory event, it's an immunologic event, is high post-meal sugar levels. So, so when your blood sugars go up and you can't get them down, uh, uh, you're going you're gonna to trigger inflammation. And that whole concept of metabolic inflammation is now finally coming to full light in the traditional medical community uh, where it's, you know, you know it, it's like when people are overweight and they, and they say these are high-risk people if they're type 2 diabetics, right, like Tom Hanks. Um, you're higher at risk because people with diabetes or people that are overweight have the equivalent of a low-grade infection in their body, the way their immune system behaves to begin with. That's their base state. And then they get stressed. And, you know, Anthony, I mean, I, I mean, his, you know, his training, and in, 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 he's seen it. I mean, people that come into an, an ER or people that come in uh, and end up in the ICU many times are overweight or they're pre-diabetic diabetics. And that's interesting. You know, they're not talking about that as a as a predictor um, for poor clinical outcomes for this. But, you know, being obese, you know, in itself is, you know, decreased mitochondrial function, um, you know, uh, much more inflamed, chronically inflamed insulin resistant that occurs with it. I mean, you know, that's that's a to me, a huge comorbidity um, for risk. And if you look at our population, I mean, that's the majority of our population being, you know, obese and, and morbidly obese. I'll yeah. go through a couple Without of a items that are preventative uh, formulations. You can add a few, and then we'll, we'll go to some treatments that are found uh, pharmaceutical, some new developments. We can have some commentary on there. D, uh, we, I think we can probably all agree that vitamin D3, anywhere from 20,000 to 100,000 units a day for five days, especially if you're infected, it's low doses of vitamin D3 are not going to be effective. I think we can we can all agree on that. Uh, some sort of uh, antiviral botanical. Vitamin A, which would be? Don't forget about that, vitamin that, A for its immune it, properties. And yeah, that was the next. With the D. next one. That was the next yeah. one. We had the oh, ten thousand okay. to twenty thousand uh, units a day, probably ten thousand units daily for the vitamin A with the vitamin D. Uh, the botanical. Any type of, you know, unfortunately, there's so little supply left of antiviral botanicals. It's almost what you can get your hands on uh, to add to that routine. Buffered vitamin C, powdered capsules, whatever is uh, to be able to get to that three to four thousand milligrams a day in divided doses is 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 a goal that everybody should be looking toward. Uh Zinc lozenges, if you can find them. Uh, and you know what? There's some very simple solutions of soups, chicken soups, things that are made uh, homemade without 
all the other additives is something as a stock that people can have as opposed to Twinkies and uh, all the other uh, candies and cough and uh, all the other snacks. Just have some soups around that people can snack on. I think that's anything else I'm, I'm missing, Jim. You get uh, you want to add a couple of your favorites? Well, I think you know Mono Lauren. Uh, a lot of you know people can find Mono Lauren. It's a you know lauric acid uh, derived from coconut is a good antiviral and probably the best one. And nobody's going and reaching for it yet, so there's still some on the shelves. Uh, is Andrographis because it's usually in the health food store. It's put in the lung area like andrographis, but andrographis in the studies on, on like, at least against flu virus, it was more effective than Tamiflu. And, and it actually works on lung, on the lungs as well as having an antiviral effect. So, you know, that's really great. And if you wanted another immune supportive thing, you could use a prebiotic like arabinogalactan. Um, and, and then look, the, two things that have came out this last year that showed a really strong, uh, you know, anti, at least flu viral effect is aged garlic extract. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was and probiotics. Say. Right. So, I mean, there's those, and I mean, vitamins, I mean, um, thymus extract is really quite good. Um, so those are the key things I usually, you know, think about, and, you know, what, you know, think of thymus extract and um, all, all the then, things that you said, a, you know, a, D, C, um, and, and, uh, you know, hydrating really well. And, uh, and then, you know, then you, then if you got to take it to the next level, then you start getting into the pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Well, yeah, be, before we the, get uh, into the pharmaceuticals, uh, do you have a, uh, your, your favorites, uh, Dr. Capasso? Um, well, I, I like the, um, I like the mushroom extracts. Um, you yes. know, the, the, the beta oh, yeah, cans. um, I think that's good. And, and the, um, fermented wheat germ extract also, um, to kind of help keep that immune system kind of going just kind of as a baseline. Um, so, you know, there's the only other, the only ones that kind of, I was thinking about that I'll suggest to patients and, um, you know, to help, help keep those T helper cells and, um, immune system working. And I think it's yeah, the, the, some, some of these are can be difficult for the average person, but there's a number of professionals out there that can help uh, be able to get a protocol together or to actually mix and match. Because uh, unfortunately, a lot of these items are on back order, but they uh, this, yeah. there's uh, a little bit of everything is not unfor I guess is not going to be a bad thing as opposed to nothing. I want to turn it over to the pharmaceutical. Uh, we're finding that there are some treatments when people are get serious, when some of the, the last, some of the, the physicians notes from Taiwan and also from China, if you're getting that fibrosis or having a, sometimes a very difficult time breathing, getting, getting to the hospitals and getting therapy is sometimes critical because the time that this goes to the point where the lungs fill up with fluid is sometimes quicker than they have ever seen before. So it's really important to get the right therapies. And unfortunately, just recently, they found the anti-malarials have been, are effective in, in treatments in over a five-day period. 
And also they're adding a old standby azithromycin. A lot of people know the, the drug that people used to go when they got a cold, they used to get a Z pack. Well, it does have influenza item, uh, properties for H influenza. So the combination with the hydroxy and also the chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine to be able to reduce it to five days versus eight days or nine days. So those are two pharmaceutical solutions that we have found to be helpful, but unfortunately it's not mainstream here in the United States, but the ERs in Virginia, I've heard, uh, Dr. Capazzo are, are, are using this protocol. Yeah. How about in your area in Florida? Is this, uh, yeah, there, is it starting there, to be mainstream? It's definitely, it's definitely starting to be. I think that the biggest thing about, you know, the, the animalarias, the chloroquine and the hydrochloroquine is the toxicity um, with long-term use. And, you know, there's something that bad can, there's several things that, that can happen bad if you take it. One is it affects your eyes in a bad way. Um, so retina, For uh, long-term issues. Though. Long-term that, that, use, right? It's over like and, a year or, or six months. Yes. And um, and then also um, QT prolongation can occur in, in combination with other things. And, and I think, you know, I, I wouldn't suggest taking a pack with um, this unless you, you know, you've got, you're in the hospital and then someone's monitoring you just because I think the risks are way too high. Um, and then when you talk about like malaria, um that we use for like a once a week treatment with chloroquine, there's just no studies to say that this is going to work. But the interesting thing about chloroquine and, and hydroxychloroquine is if you have some in the system prior to the exposure, it, it, it somehow primes your cells. So there's a, an 80% decrease in replication um, versus if, you know, you already have it, you know, you're, you've dropped that down to 40% after you've had it. So, you know, there's, there's, and this is again, no human studies or human trials for this, but this is what um, they're showing in kind of the test tube that, you know, earlier um, exposure may help to really radically decrease the, um, you know, that replication of the cells. And that's, you know, probably the only thing um, that I've seen that, you know, from a medicine standpoint that, um, that, that has some, um, you know, good, Good, you know, at least, but, um, go ahead. Well, I think there's been some, there's a 20, 20 patient study out of France that tracked them over a period of time that was just published in virology out of, uh, I, I believe it was a French journal that was, that's just been making the circuits this last week. The critics say it's a small study. It's not thousands of patients, but you know, there's not a, really a lot of time to do thousands of patients when people are dying every day. But so they, that was one encouraging uh, data point. And also in Korea, they have used zinc with hydroxychloroquine. So this allows the zinc molecule to be able to permeate into those virus cells. So the combination of those two are one-two punch that the exactly. South Koreans have used in their protocols. But again, unfortunately here where everybody's looking for the studies because that's the way our medical system is set up here because nobody's going to risk their uh, their professional career or license on something that's not really proven but unfortunately there's not a lot of tools in the toolbox uh, that we have seen because waiting for the vaccine is not going to happen and i have not seen a viral vaccine that is effective 
especially in acute phases at all. Um, so I think this is, is worth a try. I, I can't see any downside for short-term 10-day therapy. And, and, I, and I think, you know, because I've spoken to several of my friends that are hospitalists, and, um, and, and they're, they're definitely open to this. Vitamin C, now they, you know, they're not, you know, they haven't really thought about that because that's just not on their, on their level. Um, you know, they're not recommending corticosteroids um, um, at all. It seems like, you know, there was, um, uh, I think it was in India, there was an Italian couple in their 70s that got cured, and they were treating them with three different drugs. They were doing a, uh, an HIV drug, a, a swine, um, and a malaria drug in combination. Um, so it seems like we're going to probably have to use combinations of things to really disrupt that replication. And the chloroquine with the zinc, like you said, just seems to be one of the best, at least evidence-wise, that we have right now. The question is, is you know, what's what's the right prophylactic dose to give? Do you do once every three days or once a week, and and what strength? Um, and I think I, that's what we just don't know at this time. I, I think it'd be something similar to what we used to pre-treat people for going from malaria to high-risk areas. Uh, it was 100 milligrams is, is a certain uh, dose per kilogram. I can't remember off the top of my head. We used to do it for children as well as adults. They would do it for seven days, either prior to going. But I think we're going to come up with something shortly uh, that may be for people that are high, high risk or showing some very, very mild symptoms to be able to stop that, uh, that cytokine storm that seems to be so devastating. And this is the reason why these people just they die very quickly because there's no way to reverse it. Yeah. And I think they're going to combine that with the, um, with the antiretrovirals. That's kind of what, what yes. I'm sensing. Yep. Um, and, you know, because that's probably where most of the data is going to go as part of it. The other interesting thing that um, is because the, you know, the interleukins, you know, that, that, that cytokine surge, um, I know that they were talking about using some antibody therapy to, to, you know, go after that um, interleukin response. Um, but I haven't seen anything on that yet. I just uh, heard that that's... Um, yeah, it, it makes sense. It makes sense like a good targeted strategy for them to try and yeah. do that, to downregulate that IL-6 and TNF-alpha effect. But I right. think that's one of the, one of the uh, you know, things everybody's, you know, I think in a smart way jumping to is trying to really, trying to neutralize that, uh, at, least, at least with some sort of... Uh, you know, like even there's IL-6 blocking drugs in research and TNF-alpha blocking drugs. So that could be pretty interesting too. Yeah. I'll take a poll so we can go on the record here. Uh, of hope, optimism on a scale of one to 10. Jim, how do you feel for over the next four weeks? Um. No, I, I think over the next four weeks we will see a flattening. I'm a little worried about uh, just because of how aggressively and seriously Americans are taking this. Because I mean, most Americans are taking this, and communities and the political leadership are taking it very seriously. So if we get a flattening, I'm going to feel really bullish about what we've done. And you know, we'll probably be dealing with a hybrid virus in next fall of of this that'll be more manageable and and a lot less virulent. Um, but I, you know, I think, you know, you know, we, we still have a lot to figure out. I mean, I think everybody's still worrying about that tsunami coming, man. I mean, and I, I think it's still a legitimate fear. Dr. Capazzo, your prediction of scale one to 10, um, next four so, weeks. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the, 
um, I'm you know, very happy with um, the approach that you know the government has, has made in regards to you know getting really everyone on board um, even shutting down the beaches in Florida which I know my my teenagers aren't too happy about but um, <laughs> the thing the concern for me is that there wasn't enough testing we're just getting testing like today was the first day that we had um, you know a couple thousand kits to test um, so we've had limited amount of testing so what's going to happen is is that we're going to start testing more and more people the numbers are going to go up so you're not going to see a flattening anytime soon and it may not be because um, it's just because we're testing new people we're going to find viruses in asymptomatic or minimally symptomatic people um, you know like, like a, that um, really aren't um, you know and so that that's going to increase everyone's stress because we're going to see numbers going up um, and hopefully we'll keep people home um, but I, I still I still think that because we just started doing the testing. It's going to take a while for things to flatten out, um, but hopefully it'll be soon. And and I really think that um, what's been done has been good, but it's gonna it's gonna take a large toll on pretty much everyone. And um, and, and that's the only thing that that uh, you know sucks about this um, is that I, it, it affects every single person, whether you have it or not. We got some calls this last week. People say that, you know, it sounded like I had this three weeks ago, the first week in January. There was a, a very nasty flu bug that was going on. It was very difficult for lungs, uh, a tremendous amount of, of coughing that was going on for at least a week. Do you think there was a version of this? So this, is, this has already been here in January and we didn't know it? Uh, anything from your clinics, Jim and uh, Dr. Capazzo, anything, any so, feedback on that, that topic? Yeah, um, it's hard to say because we didn't test for it, but we were doing a right. lot of genetic testing. So there's no way of knowing. I can tell you that this year's been one of the worst years that I've seen. Um, I mean, in the past yeah. two weeks, I've had three cases of Klebsiella pneumonia. I had uh, at least four to five cases of Haemophilus influenza. I've had regular influenza. I've had parrot influenza. I had bird flu. I had uh, herpes um, infections. I've had two mono pneumonias. Um, and it's because we're, we're testing people that are coming in that are sick, so we know how to treat them. So we're not just throwing an antibiotic on board. We're helping support them and understanding what it is that we are treating. One of the things is when you do get a virus, you're gonna, you're, you'll probably have secondary bacterial infection. So everyone who's had those bad viruses mm. and mm. having two or three different bugs in them, which, you know, just when you start testing, you're like, wow, I, I now I know what's going around in the neighborhood, so to speak. All right, Jim, you had a comment. Oh, I think Anthony's. I'm saying the same thing. It's like people have had a heck of a time getting over stuff, but hell, I don't know what they had. I mean, we, we don't even have a way to test. We had no way of knowing it was, you know, a coronavirus variant. I mean, right? right. I mean, we just go and, and we have people come in and like my my practice is a little different than Anthony, where he's way more in the front line. I mean, I'm I'm not, you know, seeing as many front line, but I I've got you know, I mean, my gosh, I can think of a couple dozen people that they couldn't get rid of their cough for a month. Right. You know. Very common. So it's. Yeah, I think I, I think maybe you know maybe it was there, but I but I still want to reemphasize that the flu virus is bad enough and kills enough people as it is. 
What I'm really hopeful for is that this coronavirus scare gets people into better hygiene so that other bugs like what, you know, Anthony just discussed, other vectors we're, we're being more responsible about instead of just, you know, sneezing and not covering our mouth when we're in public areas and, you know, not washing our hands and not irrigating our sinuses and not, you know, I mean, we've just been flat out lazy in terms of understanding just how potent these viruses are. I mean, you know, flu bug was the number five cause of death in the elderly population before coronavirus came around. Yeah. And, and we trivialize it because there's a vaccine. So it's okay. Just make sure you get the flu vaccine just make sure you get this vaccine. So it's, I think that's almost a, a safety blanket and a security blanket uh, or a, a safety net that uh, you don't have to do that. You don't have to change your diet. You just take the pill. So I hopefully, like you said, this is maybe change your awareness that the host, your own body is the most, beneficial to prevention and it's not going to be something exogenous like a vaccine hopefully so i gentlemen i think we've about run it run out of run out of time for our our podcast here uh uh, jim we'd like to give us your contact information and your website because we'll probably get in uh, calls for it and i'd like to be able to uh, put it on the record for our, our listeners yeah, it's easy. It's jimlaval.com. And of course, you know, we have a new metabolic code site coming up shortly. So they can look for metaboliccode.com. Those are the easiest ways. And for practitioners that are under, wanting to understand how to compartmentalize and be able to, to put together this very, very complex network and be able to uh, learn about how to deal with these difficult conditions, our seminar uh, will be posted our webinar this next weekend on the 28th of March. You can check our website, pdlabsrx.com. And Jim and is going to be laying it all out for any, any practitioner that's willing to learn to the next level for uh, helping these, these patients. Uh, Dr. Capazzo, your, your, your information and your contact information for our listeners. Sure. Uh, website is thinmdmedspa.com. And uh, phone number is area code 904-694-0092. And I'm going to give our phone number out as well for any of information that people are in need. These are going to be some very difficult uh, times, but the information is going to be the most critical. It's phone number is 888-909-0110, 888-909-0110. And also check out our website, pdlabsrx.com for all of our podcasts that are listed on our website as well. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. And we really hope that we can make a difference. Uh, Maybe we can do this the next time we get together, we go, wow, we made a, a, things are a lot different uh, a few weeks from now.
Hi, this is Ray Solano, pharmacist owner of PD Labs in Cedar Park, Texas. Today, we'd like to take a few minutes announcing our fourth annual seminar, PD Labs Seminar in Austin, Texas, with another outstanding lineup of nationally recognized experts in integrative medicine. Our conference this year is centered around meta-inflammation and how to build metabolic resiliency. Our agenda is listed on our website, pdlabsrx.com, and look at the March 2020 button for more information on the agenda. I'm going to turn it over to uh, Jim Laval at this time. First thing is, is that we're finally starting to get this global message across of why people get sick. You know, obviously I wrote the metabolic code 20 plus years ago, developed metabolic code platform. But I think what's interesting is that you're going to get different perspectives from different practitioners who really look at metabolism kind of the way that I think we all need to look at. Our agenda is listed on the website, pdlabsrx.com, and look at the March 2020 button for more information.